Psalm 27 is a psalm of lament with a strong undercurrent of trusting in God. The psalmist is aware that he's in danger, but he still writes in a confident tone. Not very desperate, but realistically optimistic. And the source of his optimism is God's presence. As David looks forward to his destination in God's home, David feels secure. The first thing David compares God to is light. Rather than being lost in the dark, David has a guide through life to direct his footsteps and bring him home. And rather than leaving David exposed, God is his stronghold. And as a result, David asks, why should I be afraid? Well, there were plenty of reasons for David to be afraid, which he details in the next few verses. We have evildoers attacking him, looking to devouring him. They're encamped all around him, surrounding him on every side. But in response to all these threats, David just has one request. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. There are plenty of ways to respond to our enemies, some smarter than others. And we might want to hide until all that trouble is over. Find someone bigger to beat up the bad guy for us. Fight back ourselves, or maybe try and find peace some way. Well, David only wants one thing, and that's to be in God's presence, and to ask him for all the help for the days of his life. Because once we have God on our side, we got everything. In verse 5, God will hide David in his shelter, lift him far and away from the danger. In verse 6, David will rise over his enemies while they're ashamed, and he's able to offer sacrifices and sing praises to God. So in verse 7, David renews his plea. God wants his people to seek him, and so that's what David is saying he's going to do. And David has confidence that God's going to answer. Even though God has reason to be angry with David, even if his own parents were to abandon him, God is going to take David in, and David is sure of that. Throughout the life of David, he wants to learn God's way of doing things because he knows that's where his security lies. Even when surrounded by enemies, David refuses to abandon his allegiance to God, and he encourages us to always wait on the Lord. You might find yourself waiting around for God while surrounded by troubles. And for some of us, that wait might be going on for a lot longer than we can handle, and we're ready to look for alternatives. We want answers, we want solutions, we want a way out of this now. But David encourages patience. Wait on the Lord. Peter talks about the same thing in his letter. People in his day who had given up hope that God was returning. But Peter reminds us that to the Lord, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. And what he's saying is that God is going to operate on his time. And his timing is going to be perfect if only we wait for that answer. Now, our other reading today is Psalm 28, which does take on a tone of desperation. It's reasonable to assume that the situation about which David is praying has lasted for quite some time. Perhaps David exhausted all other possibilities for relief. And despite his constant prayer, the Lord's not yet provided David with an answer. Yet in his despair, David knows that the only place to go for strength is to the throne of God. He lifts up his hands to God in a plea for help and hope. The Lord to whom he prays is addressed as my rock, a title used to describe God's permanent strength and security. Throughout the psalm, David expresses a desire to be treated or judged differently from the wicked and the ungodly. He appeals to such a judgment because of their dishonesty and deception. If we look at Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 8 through 9, God is addressing those who use deceitful words to declare peace and then stab you in the back. And God promises punishment to those hypocrites. It's this sort of promise to which David appeals. And it's likely that David is speaking of his own experience of slander or false accusation at the hands of his enemies. 
We know that these kinds of behaviors continue in our world today. David also seeks God's judgment on the wicked for their disregard of God's work and their self-absorption. Though God has a divine plan for creation and humanity, these people, they got no interest in being a part of his created order. They ignore what God has done. They just choose to abandon God. And because of their rejection, God is going to break them down and build them up no more. The final reason David wishes judgment on the wicked is just the basic principle of justice. He wishes that the wicked reap what they sow. David's prayer that the ungodly get what they deserve isn't motivated by a personal desire for justice, but a desire for God's justice. It's not wrong to ask that one's enemies be punished or disciplined, but we do need to search our hearts and to determine what desire is motivating such a prayer. Like many other Psalms, today's text transitions from uncertainty to praise. David understands that God is going to right the wrongs and punish the wicked and save the righteous. The song closes with images of strength, of salvation, and continued guidance for the faithful.